Welcome to the True Grit Strength Podcast. I'm Ryan Steck. And I'm Rachel Geiger. We created the True Grit Strength Podcast so that we can share our stories around how strength training changed us for the better and helped us to discover our athletic potential, develop grit, and pursue growth in all aspects of our lives. It's through our stories that we hope to share with you that regardless of where you are or where you've started from, you can build strength and athleticism in all ages and stages of life despite loss, injuries, or setbacks. So how do you make a comeback to the gym when the odds are stacked against you? Tune in to find out. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Grit Strength Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back. We're having some sound issues today because... Y'all, we're having a day. We've this is our third location in the house. If you've ever tried to record something, it's very, very hard to do that without picking up a lot of background noise. And our neighbors are having a party, and Dan the, wants to play with every toy that he has that's very loud and crinkly. The train just went by, there was like an airplane overhead, so it's just been kind of a loud day so, so apologies but we're gonna do it anyway yeah so if you um hear background noises um please just enjoy them and take our apologies uh normally i think in some of our episodes you'll hear like a cat um screaming yes uh, our sweet luna but hopefully hopefully today we can get a little bit of like grace from the universe for the next 30 to 45 minutes so we can get this done (laughs) yeah we do have a really good topic for you today though it's something we've been wanting to kind of touch on for a while now Um, and today we're going to be talking a lot about nutrition um, and really just kind of like balanced slash flexible dieting Um, how we approach that um, how we recommend others approach that um, but it was all kind of sparked um, from by a conversation uh, with a friend um, that Rachel will kind of explain and go into now. Yeah, so I had a friend um, reach out to me yesterday morning and just like wanting to check in and like open up about some nutrition stuff. And um, I thought it was like a really good topic that they brought up and a really good like concern that they brought to me because it's definitely something that I have gone through as well and I think like I know Ryan's clients have gone through it as well so I think it's pretty universal and and that's kind of where the idea came up to you know share it so essentially um this person came to me and was just like hey you know like I just had a question around nutrition um I've been like doing really awesome and feeling really good you know since January and then this week I or last night rather like I just kind of hit a wall and made the choice to just like binge eat and like eat a lot of things that I wouldn't normally eat a lot of junk food and candy and like now I'm just kind of waking up like not feeling great and I'm just like feeling a little stuck like I don't know where to go um And that's definitely something, like, I can relate to. I've totally been there. So I immediately, like, felt hooked into the concern and, like, felt like I had been in that space before and knew exactly where they were at. So um, I spoke to Ryan a little bit about it, and we thought, you know, that's probably something that a lot of people can relate to. And so we wanted to bring the topic to the podcast today. 
um, just so we could dive a little bit deeper into it. Yeah, for sure. And like Rachel sort of touched on, you know, this is a very common thing that comes up a lot with my clients when they're trying to tackle certain things with their nutrition um, and also kind of their fitness routine. Um, and there, it is a very common cycle that people will go through. And I think a lot of that cycle is really tied into how we portray dieting or how we think about dieting um you know what we see in the media regarding dieting and things like that um these are all kind of ideas that are like really really ingrained into our sort of psyche and how we think about these topics um and so it's very common to have these types of feelings um and I, this is a, a really big reason why i think a lot of people struggle so hard to have a more balanced approach to their to their diet because they're used to having this kind of either all or nothing approach or thinking about dieting as being like super and overly restrictive of certain things. And so that's where, you know, having this more balanced, which we'll get into what that actually means. Um, that's why we think that having a more balanced approach can be really, really beneficial for the majority of people out there. And pretty much what I would hope that almost every single person at some point can learn how to do um, and navigate just because I firmly believe it is the the sort of gold standard long-term solution that you should be sh shooting for kind of outside the realm of these more you know strict diets that to follow that people follow like paleo or keto or fasting or whatever right so everything that we're going to talk about today is kind of like within the the mindset of this is how you should strive to approach nutrition all of the time right. this is not something this is not a quick fix this is not something that's gonna like help you you know lose 20 pounds in three weeks or anything like drastic like that but it is a good healthy long-term sustainable approach to how you approach your food choices um, and how you incorporate better eating habits into your normal routine that once you learn and get us all a grasp of these skills you really will have them for for life right Right. And I think that should always be the goal with nutrition, right? Is just like, I know for me, from my own personal experience, like I had such a limited view of, of healthy eating and nutrition. And it really just limited me to like understanding what it meant to just have like a s sustainable, healthy view of food. Right. And, and I know that like, because it's happened to me too, food can be like such a messy and emotional thing and it can really like cr you know you can create this like pretty um unhealthy relationship with eating so I definitely like have been there and I know what that's like and and just speaking from my own experience I know that like having this more balanced approach to nutrition is something that gave me a lot of knowledge around it and just helped me long term it's not just like Ryan said oh, this is just a quick fix that you can do and things will be better. Yeah, and I also kind of want to preference every preface everything we're going to talk about today just by saying that, like, I'm not a registered dietitian. Like, I'm no, by no means a nutrition expert. Like, I have a lot of pretty extensive knowledge just from my own experience and just what I've learned through certifications and also just, like, you know, hands-on one-on-one work with clients and like hearing more about their experiences but one thing that I do know is that that's very universal is that like nutrition stuff is very rarely just about the food it's very very emotionally uh, uh, emotionally charged and it's also has a lot to do with our environment so like really I think a lot of nutrition issues that come up or the things that people struggle with are really kind of more 
I guess psychological. Yeah, like, that it's for like, sure, for and, sure. You know, so that being said, like I, I. I've navigated a lot of this in personal experience and with working with people and just things that I've studied, but I'm my own, by own, no means an expert. And I also just recognize that everybody's specific situation um, is very different. And there are a million factors to consider when thinking about a nutrition plan for somebody. So if this is something that you really, really struggle with or something in this episode kind of strikes a chord with you, feel free to reach out and I'm happy to connect you with somebody who's maybe more qualified to do something more specific, like provide an actual meal plan right. or diagnose a medical problem. This is all kind of the out of the realm of that. Or, or you know, someone who maybe needs to seek, you know, therapy or something like that. This is, Everything we're going to talk about today, again, is just from personal experience and, you know, kind of approaching a more general holistic view of how we think approaching nutrition can work well, um, what people should be striving for. Um, But in terms of actual plan, like always, you know, feel free to seek out, you know, a, a registered dietitian if you're looking for something more specific. Right. And if you've been listening to our show ever or for a while like you know that I'm not a personal trainer I'm also not a nutrition coach or anything like that I am just a human who really loves weightlifting and has benefited greatly from like adding in fitness and nutrition into my life and I'm always here to just kind of like bring in my own personal experiences with a certain topic just so I can share with y'all like how you know a non, you know, personal trainer, non-nutrition coach person would, you know, approach these things or how they have shown up in their life. So that's kind of my stance and where I'm coming from. And that being said, like, this is still general advice that can be still, you know, applied to most people. Of course. Um, I just wanted to call out if you have a specific problem, it's it's good to find somebody to help you with that. But this is general advice that still applies um, and still can be very, very helpful, especially if you're looking to have just a more healthy, balanced approach to how you approach food. Right. Cool. So. All right, y'all. So what we're going to do is we're going to touch a little bit on, um, as Ryan mentioned, this idea of like flexible dieting or balanced dieting. Um, We're going to give you a little bit of insight into how Ryan and I approach nutrition. Um, And then we're going to give y'all some like strategies or action steps for like ways that you can create a more balanced approach to nutrition. So that's going to be kind of the structure that we'll follow. And then as always, if you have questions that come up, you can reach out to Ryan. Yeah, for sure. So when we say things like, let's talk about what we mean when we say like flexible dieting or balanced dieting. I'm going to use those. There is a whole like flexible dieting diet. If you Google that, there's a bunch of stuff that comes up. So I don't want that to get confused. Like, so I guess we can just talk about, we're just going to use, let's just say balanced dieting for simplicity. Okay. Okay. So what do we mean by balanced dieting? So in order to really explain that, I guess what we need to do is like address the original question. Right. So let's talk about the cycle that, um, that, you know, your friend kind of walked through and described because it's a very common cycle. And the cycle that I usually see is like, again, we're talking about like what our idea is. If we have this like more restrictive view of what dieting is or what nutrition should be, which, you know, if we're being honest is most people and I'm, I am, you know, uh, in fault, I do this all the time too is you know we think about nutrition as having to be this like super restrictive 
place. Right. Right. Where we only can eat these certain things. We can't have any of these certain things. There's good foods. There's bad foods. There's like food groups that we're supposed to be limiting altogether. There's certain things that we need a lot more of. It's just like depending on what diet you're following, those things are like very, very different. Right. But one thing that they all have in common is that most, outside of balanced dieting, one thing that they all have in common is that most diets are asking you to eat less of something. Right. <laughs> right? Like, or else it wouldn't really be a diet and probably more of other things. Right. Right? So, like, keto is asking you to eat less carbs, but asking you to eat a lot more fats. Okay. You know, whereas, right, right. like, you know, um, I don't know. Versus like a low fat diet where, you know, carbs are okay, but like fat is really bad. Right, right. Right. So it's just like, you know, obviously these are all different depending on what diet we're talking about. But regardless of that, we're just talking about diet in general. Most people's, you know, thought around what that means is that they're not allowed to have certain things. Oh, okay. I can't eat right. X, I can't eat pizza because I'm on a diet. Right. Or I can't drink because I'm doing Whole30 or like whatever, right? right? And so I think what the problem with those things are is that like even though it can be very helpful for a short period of time, most people can't sustain that long term because you're restricting something that you probably want. Right. Right. Okay. If that right. thing is carbs or if that thing is sugar or that thing is meat or whatever it is, there's something that you want that you're being told you can't have. <laughs> Right. And eventually you're going to hit a wall where you say, I want that thing. Right. So like that's where people, you know, just like your friend described, are everything's going really great. They're nailing it. They're feeling really good about themselves. They can start seeing changes. And then they hit a wall because it's just like this slow buildup of feeling like they're being held back from something that they want. Right. And then they finally get a breaking point and they just say, screw it. And they go and have whatever that thing is that they really, really want that they feel like they can't have. And then usually that's not enough because they've been held back for so long that then that really turns into, you know, a whole night of binge eating or a whole day of binge eating or for some people who really struggle with control, like a four-day binge eating Right, thing. okay, right. Then the next step in that cycle is then to feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of like, you know, negative feelings around what you've done. Oh, I'm not successful. Oh, I'll never be able to do this. Oh, I've like destroyed all of my hard-earned progress. I'm starting back from square one. Actually, I'll just start over on Monday. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's where like the psychological part that Ryan mentioned at the top comes in, right? Because it's not only enough to just, you know, binge and then eat eat all the things you've been restricting, but then you go into this like cycle of what I call like shame and blame cycle, right? Where it's like you're shaming yourself for this choices that you've made. You're blaming yourself. Like, why can't I just do better? And now you're like right back in it. Right. And so like that's where, you know, the whole like joke or meme or whatever saying now is like, oh, my diet will start again on Monday. Right. And it's just like, okay, well, I've already screwed up for Friday and Saturday. And so I might as well do it on Sunday, too. And then I'll start back fresh on Monday. And right. it's, it's this like repetitive cycle. It doesn't have to line with those days of the week, but that's just an example of kind of how this usually goes. Then it's all right. Okay, I screwed up. Now I'm going to start fresh. I'm starting back from square one. And then now you're back into it because you've like satisfied this craving and this binge. You've done it enough to feel emotionally charged to feel like, oh, I don't want to do this to anymore. To want to change it. And now you want to go back to right. wanting to change it again. So now you get quote unquote back on track. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> back right. on track. And then you start the process all over again. Okay. So this is a very common cycle that happens with a lot of, with most diets. And I think also too, that's, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later, but obviously just from this experience, like we've all been there, like I've done it. I know clients who have done it. 
And it was a very common problem. But I think what this cycle is obviously not sustainable. Right. And it's okay. also what sends people on this sort of emotional roller coaster, but also what allows people's weight to fluctuate so much. Mm. So like obviously, you know, what'll happen is like somebody will go on a massive binge and then the next day they'll get really stressed out because their weight fluctuated. Right. Right. Okay. Which is just like we can just go ahead and, and, and call it out that like you cannot physically gain weight that fast. So like if you weigh yourself on Thursday and then, you know, you go eat some, a whole pizza hut, a whole pizza, hut <laughs> pizza on, you know, Thursday night and you wake up Friday morning and the scale is three to five pounds heavier, you haven't actually gained three to five pounds. No, that's not fat. That's sodium. That There's so many things that can contribute to those types of weight fluctuations. But if you know on a regular basis, but if you know that you've recently gone through some major binge or even just had like one meal out at a restaurant that you know is kind of like, you know, maybe not the healthiest. Sure. Like we know when we go out and we eat takeout or eat from a restaurant or whatever, like the sodium levels are going to be way, way higher. That's why it's so good. Right. Right. It's just filled with sodium. Okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that, but like, that's what's going to allow you to retain that water. And the next day your, your weight, or maybe in the next two days, like your weight will fluctuate. The only way to really keep close tabs on that is to closely track it all the time. So like I weigh myself every single day and then I, those weight fluctuations are not that scary because if my weight is up three pounds tomorrow like I might know that it's because like I ate pizza for dinner tonight and that's just like what that is and it's going to go away and it's going to stabilize right okay we're not going to get too I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because it's not really relevant to what we're talking about but it is associated with these feelings that we experience in this cycle where it's like your friend was saying it's like oh you know, I went on this binge and now I'm frustrated because my weight was up four pounds and I've been doing so good and now I've gained all that weight back. And it's just like, so it's just, I just want to call that out that like, A, that's not true. Okay. Like you're, right. You, it takes, it takes a while to put on the weight. And I don't mean to say that to mean you can go binge for two weeks. If you go binge with two weeks, you probably will gain weight. Right. So it's just, I'm just saying that like that initial mess up, that initial slip up of I went off plan or whatever that means to you is not going to mean that you gained five pounds from this thing. Like, it doesn't happen that fast. Okay, that's why we always talk about, like, consistency and how how important consistency is, right? Because if you're consistently nailing your nutrition and then you slip up a couple times, those good times are going to far outweigh those two minor slip-ups. If you're consistently eating, like, trash, then you're going to gain weight, right? So it's like, what are you consistently doing? outside of those like minor you know day or two where maybe you didn't hit your plan in the same way i guess like if you flip the script if you are consistently eating like outside of your nutritional goals and then you have like two days where you're like super on point it really won't make that much of a difference right and that's why i'm talking about consistency because it's like what are you consistently doing so it's really about like looking at um instead of being like well i had one bad you know night this week it's really about looking at the week holistically and saying okay let me reframe this yes I had one or two days where I was a little bit off my nutritional goals but the rest of the week like I was really doing awesome and really showing up and like let's look at that and focus on the the positive of that right exactly so like that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about and like what we mean when we talk about balanced dieting it's like how do you balance out eating, you know, eating healthy with also still being able to enjoy yourself without feeling like 
shameful about it or without right, beating right. yourself up about it and sure. still in a place that and still in a balanced way so that you're eating healthy consistently enough that you're going to make progress that's the okay. key right right um because you know like i'll have clients sometimes where i'll be like okay how was your eating this week and they'll be like oh yeah i did great and i'd be like oh okay what did you eat and then they start listing off the things and like the majority of the things that they're telling me that they ate are not things that are going to help them achieve their goals and then even just saying that out loud, they'll realize, oh, yes, I, I maybe felt like I did really good because I had these like two meals that were healthy. But really, now that I'm listing it all out, seems like the majority of the time I was eating things that maybe do not align with what my goals are. Right. And notice right. that we're saying, you know, food that aligns with your goals and we're not saying we're not like putting good food bad food right yeah i don't like putting morality on foods which we'll get into in a minute too okay so kind of what we're talking about this balanced approach to dieting can be called a lot of different things again if you want to google flexible dieting um there's a whole dieting tribe out there called if it fits your macros which we'll get into um i like to just like simplify things and call it the 80 20 rule yes meaning that the 80 percent of the time out of your week you're eating things that align with your goals if you're trying to lose weight these are foods that are going to help you lose weight Um, if you're trying to gain weight or gain muscle mass these are foods that are going to help you achieve that goal if you're just trying to be healthy these are just like 80 percent of the time you're making good food choices um, that will help you feel good um, help you you know be healthy give you tons of vitamins and micronutrients and then maybe 20 percent of the time is stuff that maybe we would consider like junk food or things that maybe don't fall into that category Right. So 80% of the time, 80% of the time you're nailing it, 20% you're maybe being a little less uh, strict or whatever. Right. And I think this is the 80-20 rule really helped me when I first started, um, you know, paying a little bit more closer to my nutrition because it was like, I then approached it as like Monday to Friday. I was like, you know, crushing it, doing exactly what I needed to, to stay in line with my fitness goals. And then, you know, like there would be a couple times over the weekend where I would just like not be as not restrictive because it wasn't like that. It was more just like I would be a little less careful. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I guess to that's well, I guess we can also talk about that because that's a that's a kind of a a trap some people fall into, too, where they'll just completely nail it. Uh, like a lot of my clients who I have that are trying to lose weight, this is a very common cycle. And again, right. this goes back to the initial cycle where it's like Monday through Friday, maybe they're killing it. Maybe they did their meal prep. They ate really healthily. They like made really good choices. They start feeling really good. And then again, Friday night rolls around and they're like, you know what? I deserve this. And then they just go on this like all mat. Yeah. They go all out. Right. And I think that was the cycle I got stuck into. For a while, it worked for me because my body was like, I had never really eaten that healthy before. So my body was like, whoa, five days now you're being super healthy. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. But then eventually I hit that plateau period where it was like, okay, it's it's not working for me anymore. Right. And it doesn't feel like a lot because, again, even in that scenario, you're looking at maybe five days out of the week you nailed it and two days of the week you just like kind of let it all go. It doesn't seem like enough. But again, right. we're not going to get into the specifics of how to diet for, sp- for specific goals like weight loss or weight gain or anything like that because. I want to keep it pretty high level and just term in terms of keeping it like a more balanced talking about a more balanced approach to fit to uh to fitness or health so like um so that that is also a common cycle because the the fact is that like even in those two days depending on what you're doing you could absolutely completely 
negate any progress that you made Monday through Friday. Right. And this goes back to that initial cycle of kind of binge eating that I was talking about. So this cycle can, can come in many forms, um, but and that is that's also one of them. So the one thing that I want to point out to you, so like, again, we're, our, in our opinion, like having a balanced approach to dieting is following that 80-20 rule where it's like the majority of the time you're making choices that align with your goals and what you're trying to achieve. And then the other 20%, you have some flexibility with it. Right. That doesn't mean that that 20%, you know, you go and eat McDonald's every single day, right? That, that means that you are allowing yourself some foods that you're craving that may not completely align with what your goals are, but you're allowing yourself that little wiggle room to enjoy those things from time to time so you don't have this like entire buildup of you know feeling so restricted that you have to just like completely gorge yourself right this like idea of deprivation like I used to do this all the time I like I'm a huge sweets eater like I love sweets I love candy I love baked goods I love it all and like when I first started really focusing on nutrition, I was like, okay, well, I have to cut all of that out forever. Right. And that is so unrealistic. Like that's just not going to happen. And, you know, now I think th- the way I approach it is much different of like this 80-20 rule of like, you know what, if like at the end of the day, because I like to have, you know, sweets at night after I eat dinner, like I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have it mm-hmm. and let it be and like, you know make really healthy choices the rest of the day and just move on from it. Yeah. And then it doesn't become, it doesn't build up in my system of like, oh, I want this so bad. Like I'm just gonna, uh, you know, get to this point where like I'm so deprived for this thing I've been craving that like I'm just gonna go and eat all of it at one time. Right. Yeah, because the other thing is if you're feeling so deprived from whatever it is that you're craving – like, and you then allow yourself to have that thing, it's almost like people tend to go more overboard than they maybe normally would because it's like this this scarcity issue of like, oh, I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to have this. So let me just eat this entire bag of chips. Right. Rather than just like, oh, I'm going to make this like really healthy sandwich for lunch today. Maybe I just had a few chips. Right. That I wouldn't feel like I need to eat the whole bag. Right. Right. So... That's, this is kind of like what we're, what we're discussing in terms of having a more balanced approach. And we'll get into that more of the details when we talk about how we each approach this. But one thing that's really important, I think, to note is that a lot of this stuff, you might be asking like, well, how would I know, right? Like, how mm-hmm. would I know if like the choices that I'm making are healthy? Or how do I know if like I'm going overboard? Like where it's hard to have those boundaries if you don't understand exactly where you stand with uh, what it is that you're actually eating right and so that's where we get into talking about like actually tracking your food so there's a lot of different ways to keep track of this like one of them being macro counting which we've talked about a few times on the on the episode that we've never done like a full episode on macros or yeah. whatever but yeah. we've mentioned it enough times that it's a thing if you're curious about macro counting you can you know google it or reach out to me and i'm happy to explain it in more detail but basically what it is it just means that you're tracking everything that you eat mm-hmm. and when we say tracking like that can you know sometimes i ask people to just write it down in a food log like keep a notes in your notes app or like write it down on a notepad just everything that you're eating just so you have a more accurate picture of what it is that's actually going on right right when you're actually doing something as you know more meticulous like actually counting calories you know or points or there's a lot of different apps out there that allow you to do this 
um, one of the benefits is that, again, you have this hard data, similar to like tracking your weight on the scale, right? It's like you have this hard data to look back at and see, you know, a, a real picture of what it is that you've done. Right. Because I, again, like our minds will play tricks on us. Like, Oh, for sure. If, if I feel like sometimes at the end of the week, I'll be like, yeah, okay, I think I did really good this week. And then I actually look back at my log. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I forgot. I like got takeout because I was out the other day. And then I also like ate right. this ice cream thing for dinner. And then I also did this. And it's like, oh, well, actually, in reality, I've just kind of done okay this week. Right. Again, nothing wrong with that, but it, we need that clear data. Right, because I think it's really easy to get in the cycle of like hooking into our feelings and being like, well, I feel like I ate really well or I feel like I have eaten enough food today or I feel like I haven't eaten enough food today. And, you know, those feelings are all good and fine, but I think when you're dealing with something like nutrition, it's really helpful, I know for me, to have something that I can point to and be like, oh, here's what I actually did this week. Here's the evidence in front of me. And like on a day-to-day basis, like, okay, I still actually need to eat, you know, this much more food Mm -hmm. in order to like meet my goals for the day. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, feelings versus facts, which if you are out there and you are trying to lose weight, this is like, this is a huge, huge lesson that you have to learn because this is where, you know, you hear people say all the time, um, I'm very familiar with this, what people would be like, I'm doing everything right I'm, I'm eating healthy, I'm making all the right choices, I'm doing everything right, and I'm still not losing weight. Right. And it's like, okay, but that's where we have to separate how you feel you're doing versus how you are actually doing are two completely separate things. And if we don't have that data to look back at that's not emotionally charged and it's not based on feeling, we don't have that data, it's going to be very, very hard to kind of pinpoint what's actually happening and what needs to change. Right. Okay, so again, we're not going to do a whole episode on macro counting, but we're, you know, there there is benefits, there is huge benefits to tracking what it is that you're eating so you can be more in touch with do I do I actually am I actually achieving this balance or are things like way off kilter? Right. Um and again, like that tracking, we'll get into that towards the end of the episode, like different ways that you can track. Um but yeah, so, you know, in terms of how we approach this um and how I recommend clients approach it, Um, Do you want to talk about kind of how you handle it? Yeah, so um, just for a little bit of backstory, like I um, used to not track macros at all. I didn't even know what what macros were when until, you know, Ryan kind of introduced me to the idea. Um, And I think like before I um, started tracking, I think the cycle that I always found myself in was like actually just not eating enough food and then being in such scarcity and like starvation mode where I was so hungry that like I would just reach for whatever was there. And a lot of times like what was there was like not a healthy cooked meal. It was like easy, you know, quick things that I could grab onto and I would just like feel so um, in need of that, that I would just eat and eat and eat until, you know, I was just like so full and just feeling so awful. Mm-hmm. And I think, so now like fast forward, I'm in a space where I do track my macros. And I think what's really helpful for me with that is like, I, when I first started tracking the very first week I tracked, like Ryan gave me some really helpful advice. And he was like, don't try anything different. Just try 
track like what you would normally eat. And I did, and I ended up, you know, like, that week was so helpful because what I realized was, like, A, I wasn't eating enough calories at all. Like, I was eating well below, like, a a good calorie goal. And then, B, I was, like, eating super high fat, um, super high carb, and, like, no protein. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I learned. And, like, at the time, I was trying to build strength, and, like, obviously a huge component of that is, is getting enough protein, which I wasn't getting. Um, so it, you know, it gave me a lot of insight, just even just taking a week to look at how I actually ate to realize like, oh, these things have meaning and like what I'm putting in my body, like it matters in terms of like my output and what I want to get. And, you know, I was starting the strength program and, and like, I, I couldn't lift because I didn't have enough food in my system, Mm -hmm. you know, like it was like running on empty. Like I didn't, I just didn't have what I needed to sustain myself. So fast forward to now, like I've been tracking macros for the last um, three or so years and it's so helpful for me because I do have a pretty like messy emotional relationship with food and like something my struggle point is always when I, you know, start to eat something unhealthy or like something that doesn't uh, I mean, I eat, I eat a lot of things. Like I definitely am not restrictive at all. Like I still eat sweets. I had Jimmy John's for dinner last night. Like I had pizza on Friday night. So I'm definitely like, you know, I still eat the foods I want to eat. But when I first early in my macro tracking, I think something I really struggled with was like, I just, I, I couldn't find that stopping point. Like you, I would start eating, you know, that one serving of chips that, like, I tracked. And then it was, like, I couldn't stop. Like, I just wanted more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of fall into that cycle. So I think something that's been really helpful with the tracking is just, like, learning the value of food and, like, what it means and how it's going to show up for me. Um, and, like, hooking into how it makes me feel. Like, how do I feel when I eat, you know, like, whole foods versus um, you know, take out and, and things like that. Yeah. And that's another thing too, that I think it's important to touch on is like, what health, you know, what does healthy mean to you? Like, what does that look like? Like to me, like how I, because again, we're not, we're not talking about specific diets. Like we're not telling you to go keto. We're not telling you to do anything specific like that. We're just talking about like healthy balanced eating. And so like that could look like a lot of different things for different people. Like to me, how I would describe healthy eating would be, you know, it's, it's well balanced in terms of like, I'm getting protein, I'm getting vegetables, I'm getting healthy carbohydrates, like I'm getting fruit, I'm getting my micronutrients, like my vitamins and things like that. I'm eating whole foods, you know, like the whole, like I'm shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. I'm staying away from things that are like overly packaged and processed and things like that. Like, but I, to me, feeling healthy means that like what I'm putting in my body makes me feel good. Right. I have energy. Like, I don't feel like I crash in the middle of the day. Like, I don't feel sick after I, like, eat a meal. Like, I don't feel, like, overly full and bloated. Like, I don't feel like, you know, my skin is greasy. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I just feel like I have energy and I feel balanced and I feel good. Right. Like, that's how I describe, like, when I eat healthy, like, that's how I feel. And then, you know, sometimes, again, like, I go go crazy, too. And, like, I'm craving a pizza and... And, you know, like we were helping a friend move last weekend and we just ordered uh, Pizza Hut uh, because, you know, whatever, it's easy. Yep. And 
I can compare how I feel after I eat something that I've prepped at home by myself that has, you know, high protein and that has vegetables in it. I can compare how I feel after eating something like that to how I felt after I ate Pizza Hut. Right. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, the fact that we ordered Pizza Hut. It was just that like, you know, but I recognize a difference immediately in terms of how I feel after eating something like that. Right. That to me feels unhealthy, right? Because I'm, I immediately crashed. I immediately felt just like gross in my skin. Like the next day, like my stomach was bloated. My weight was up. Like I felt dehydrated. Right. You know, these are, this is like, again, we're not a placing morality on food. We're talking about the impact that it has. So right. like step one can just literally be like start paying attention to how you feel after certain things. Right. Like some people, like I don't believe that carbs are bad, but some people know that when they eat a lot of carbs, they just feel like trash. Right. Then it's like, okay, so maybe like that's not a good decision for you. It's all very specific, but it's worth taking time to think about like what is healthy look like to you what does healthy feel like to you and what can you eat that you know more that better aligns with that Um, right and and be clear like ryan and i you know even though we know eating something like pizza hut's gonna make us not feel so great like we still choose it sometimes yes you know because we're we're craving it and we're like all right let's just get it and you know i think for me the thing that's been helpful is like fulfilling a craving and just like keeping it in the moment right like getting that craving that I want fulfilling it and then just saying okay I had it it's over I'm done and I'm moving on and like tomorrow you know the day after we had Pizza Hut I know that next morning like Ryan and I both started the day with like a really healthy breakfast and so it was just like okay that's what we mean by balance and like by eating in a balanced way because it's like Life is going to happen. You're going to have these, you know, situations come up where you're, like, helping a friend move and, like, the quickest option for everyone there that's, like, the easiest thing to get your hands on is, you know, having pizza delivered to your house. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing, like, you need to beat yourself up or you need to feel bad or you should shame yourself. Like, have it, move on, and just continue with with what you were, like, your regularly scheduled programming, right? Yeah, and I think, too, it's like that's where kind of the balanced approach comes from, too, is like where it becomes really helpful is because if you have an instance like that, like it needs to be balanced because like Rachel said, like things are going to happen. Like you're going to have times where you want to go out to dinner with friends or, you know, like you said, like you're on the road and like there's not a lot of healthy options. And it's like, but the more what I always tell clients is like, the more on point that you can be with your nutrition and making those healthy choices when you have the ability to do that and you have control over that environment and those choices, the more you can do that, the less you have to feel bad about not being able to do that. Right. Because we're always going to be have instances of both scenarios, right? There's nights where I don't have anything going on. There's nothing keeping me from prepping a healthy meal at home. We have groceries. I know exactly what I'm going to make. And I, I can, and the more that I can do that, the less I don't have to feel bad about ordering a pizza when right. I just like can't mess with cooking anything. Right. Right. Like, and so like, that's where the focus should be. The focus should be on the 80% of the time that you're just like nailing it and you're making good choices that you feel good about so right. that you don't have to feel like, you know, bad about the 20% where you're allowing yourself to have something else. Right. Um, so like my approach, that's, I mean, kind of similar to what Rachel said, that this is basically how I approach nutrition. Again, the first 
three weeks. I've been tracking macros for five years now um, and very consistently. And the first, when I first started doing it, and I tell this to clients all the time too, if you start tracking, even just by, you can count macros and learn how to do that, but you can also just start keeping a food log. But like the first two weeks that I started doing that were mind blowing to me. Yeah, same. And that's where I think most people have this sort of revelation where it's like, oh, this is what has been going on this whole time. Because you actually are able to see it in front of you and see it on paper and see the sort of accumulation of like what's actually been happening right and like Rachel said my issue is very similar is that like I realized that once I started tracking everything I was not eating nearly enough food but yet in my mind I was convincing myself that I was just like pigging out all the time right like I felt like I was just eating so much and then I put it on paper and I was like oh this isn't nearly enough but like one way to really learn that and again small PSA for macro tracking and why I recommend that at least everybody does it at least for a very small period of time even if it's just for two to three weeks it's just so that you can learn the caloric value of food and i cannot hit on that i can't hit on the importance of that enough i wish that every single person could learn this i wish that they taught it in school they don't don't, no diet out there that i can think of teaches you that this is why you know i understand why reading a book and then following a diet because it very clearly lays out eat all of this don't eat this i understand that that is very simple but what it doesn't do is it still doesn't teach you the caloric value of food and what i mean by that is if you don't understand like you can read the nutrition label on a food product and it'll tell you how many calories are in it how many fats are in it how many carbs are in it how many proteins are in it that's what macronutrients are but like we don't really know and they teach us that in health class like i remember learning how to read a nutrition label sure but we're not taught about how that actually impacts our daily total right like if you if you i mean obviously counting calories sounds pretty simple right but like you have a certain number of target calories you're trying to eat a day and you're trying to total those calories and make sure that you don't go over or you're not under right like that's very a very simplified way of looking at it but like even further than that like you know one of the biggest like things that i always use as an example is like when i used to work at a desk job in new york and i used to go out to lunch almost every single day right when I first started tracking macros and I started keeping track of like how much protein I was eating, how many calories I was eating, how much fat I was eating, how many carbs I was eating, um, you know, when I would like try to make a good food choice, just like having to go out of the office and grab something for lunch, like I would always go to, uh, I would always go to sweet green and get a salad mm. because it's like, yeah, okay. It's sweet <laughs> yeah. green. It's yeah. like healthy whole foods, it's very so nutritious. Great. I'm not saying that it's not. But I also sometimes like my splurge would be like when I was really stressed out and not wanting to eat a salad, I'd want something more comforting or whatever. I would go to Chipotle and I would get like a burrito bowl or whatever. Well, when I started tracking and again, that was my mindset, right? Like sweet, green, healthy, Chipotle, bad. Like that was how I kind of did it up in my head. Um, When I actually started tracking and looking at the nutrition components of both those things, I realized that what I was getting from Chipotle was way more macro friendly than what I was getting in healthy, quote unquote, than what I was getting at Sweetgreen. Right. Because what I was getting from Sweetgreen had like almost my entire allotment of fat for the day just simply in the dressing and the things that were on the salad, even though they were healthy things like nuts and and all that kind of stuff, cheese or whatever. 
right? Then what I was getting at Chipotle was actually pretty balanced. It was like good carbs. I was getting rice, which is has whole grains. I was getting a lot of protein from either the steak or the chicken that I put on the burrito bowl. I was getting beans, which are high in fiber. Like I was, I would mostly lay off the cheese for the most part, but even that it's like salsa and like vegetables or lettuce or whatever it is you're putting on it. Like the fat content was so low and overall it was just a more balanced meal right and you would have never guessed that right so again like this is what i mean by the caloric value of food i also saw this like you know infographic on instagram the other day that was comparing cereals and it was like had like a healthy Mm, organic right you know cereal with like granola and all this stuff in it um and then it was comparing the the calories and the breakdown to captain crunch right and it's like, again, our perception of healthy versus non-healthy or good versus bad. And it's actually like in terms of total calories, carbs, and uh, fat and protein, uh, Captain Crunch won across the board. Right. It was just lower caloric value. Right. And the healthier quote unquote cereal was like extremely high in fat, had way more carbs and was higher in in calories right so again like i'm not saying go out and binge on captain crunch and don't eat healthy cereal and i'm not telling you to not eat salad but but i'm just saying that like if we don't understand how these how these calories and what they're made up of impact what we're trying to do right it's very hard to make healthy food choices yeah i think it it makes so much sense And it's so helpful to, like, learn this. Like, it's so important to have this knowledge. And I definitely know from my experience, like, there's things that I used to eat or, like, you know, that I really loved that once I learned, like, the macro breakdown of them, it, like, made me not want them anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not even worth it. Right. Like, I have clients all the time who are like, oh, you know, I used to eat, I don't even know, like... I guess, what's an example? I guess peanut butter is a good example. Or, you know, I guess something like people kind of know that peanut butter is not really the healthiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like granola is a good example. Granola, yeah, granola is a great example, right? It's a food that we're, you know, told is like told good is and healthy. like super healthy. Yeah. It's very high in carb. It usually has a lot of sugar in it. And it's also very high in fat. So again, there's nothing wrong with eating granola. Right. But I do have people come to me when they start counting macros, and this happened to me too, where it's like, oh, I can have 50 grams of carbs by eating granola, or right. I can save that and not and not have that granola and eat something else instead and, like, and, eat save, pizza. Those, and <laughs> save those carbs for something I'd rather have. So again, it, it allows you to make those types of choices. It's like, oh, I'm eating this thing that I don't really care about that's actually accumulating a lot of calories, then I'd rather save those calories and apply that to something else that I really do want. Right. And this is what we mean by having a balanced approach to nutrition is like the more educated you are on the food choices you're making and and what those choices how those choices impact um what you're actually trying to achieve in terms of calorie total and macronutrient total um the more educated you are about those things the better choices you can make you have more control over where you want to spend it the the best analogy that i can think of to compare it to is i always compare it to like finances right right where it's just like okay you know how much money you earn every month if you set a budget you know how much money you can spend every month to stay within that you know to stay within your means or whatever um and then you get to choose where you want that money to go Right. right. And people prioritize their budget on different things. Some people, you know, we spend a, a, a lot of money on food. 
Yeah. Right? Where right. other people spend a lot of money on takeout or a lot of money on clothes or a lot of money on a car payment or whatever. But like you don't have that flexibility um, in terms of where your spending goes if you don't if you don't um, know the value. <laughs> right. So like in the same way that if you never check your bank account, you never really know where you are. Like you can think you have a lot of money in your account, but maybe you don't. You can think you have no money in your account, but maybe you actually have more than you, you know, are imagining you have. Right. And I think it's the same thing when we're thinking about eating. It's like you just like Ryan and I mentioned, you can think you've way overeaten or you know, like way overserved yourself, but like maybe that's not true. You can mm-hmm. think that you know, you haven't eaten nearly enough food all day, but when you break it down, maybe that's not necessarily true too. Yeah. So yeah, it's sure. really just about like having a pulse on on what you're doing and where you're putting, you know, all of all of that information. I think it can be really helpful to look at. Right, exactly. Or, you know, it's like after you do your budget, you realize, okay, I've got, you know, whatever, I've got $100 left over, like my bills are accounted for, like everything, my, you know, utilities are taken care of, I have $100 of free money left over, like you get to choose how you want to spend it. Right. Right? Like you can, whatever, go out to a nice dinner or like buy something nice for yourself. Like, but without knowing that you have all those things taken care of, like you don't really, you don't have that flexibility. So this is where the concept of flexible dieting comes into play, where it's just like, if you know that you have 2000 calories, I'm just using that as a random number. You have that 2000 calories to spend however you want to every single day. That's the awesome thing about it is when you start thinking about that, you actually can eat way more than you think. Yeah, y'all, it's it's really wild. When I first started tracking, like I think I was eating like 1200 calories a day and now I'm at like uh, 2200. Right. So like hypothetically, let's say you got 2000 calories that you can spend, quote unquote, each day. Like if I'm craving pizza, right, I can eat a whole Pizza Hut pizza to myself that's probably going to take up like 1500 plus of those calories. Right. And then I can't eat anything for the rest of the day because I've just blown my whole budget. Right. Right. Most people do not think about food choices in that way. And this is where I think it can be really beneficial. It's like, well, wait a second. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to blow all my calories on that thing. It's not really worth it to me. Like, so like, let me eat you know, a chicken breast and some rice and some broccoli or whatever, because I'd rather save those calories uh, so I can eat a cupcake later. Right. Or, you know, like I'd rather, you know, I know I'm going to be going out to dinner tonight with some friends and we're going to this Mexican restaurant. I know that everything there is probably going to be pretty heavy. So like, let me make sure that like I eat a really healthy, low calorie breakfast and I keep lunch pretty chill so that I know that I'm not going to go overboard. But again, it sounds meticulous, but it's actually very freeing because you are now in control of how you're spending your daily allotted budget. Right. So that you can balance those things. So, you know, trying to keep it on topic and going back to the original issue that we were addressing that our friend was having is it's like in that scenario, it helps break that cycle because you no longer have to feel shame or guilt about eating certain things. If you're more conscientious of the choices that you're making and you realize that you are actually in control of those choices, you can make the choice to eat a bag of candy and not feel bad about it. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I remember very distinctly when I first started tracking macros and, you know, like people knew at work that I was like, trying to you know be more fitness minded and nutrition minded and I remember it was like we had like a dessert day where everyone brought in desserts 
And one of my coworkers said to me, like, oh, well, that's such a bummer, Rachel, like, that you can't have any of these desserts. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm, like, definitely still eating these for sure. I'm just, like, making other healthy choices throughout the day so that, like, I can definitely indulge right now because I want to. And it was, like, this moment of being, like, I'm not restricting myself and saying, like, oh, I have to just, like, you know, all use all my willpower for the day to resist resist dessert day at work. Mm-hmm. It was just like, no, I'm going to choose a couple that like look really good to me. I'm going to have them. I'm going to move on from it. And I'm just going to like make really great choices the rest of the day because that's the balance. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and another simplified way to think about it, too, is that like, Let's say that, like, you know that something is your weakness. Like, Rachel said, oh, I, like, usually crave something sweet after dinner. And I'm the same way. Yes. Right? It's like, if I know that that's something about myself that I don't want to battle, like, I don't want to have this battle every single night. Right. Like, I just allow myself to do that. Right. In very, you know, in balanced, like, manageable increments. Like, right. my thing is I love cereal. Like, we are, we eat cereal like crazy. We love cereal. Okay, like, I treat cereal like dessert. Okay, so, like, if I know that that's something that I like to enjoy on a regular basis, I just let myself have that bowl of cereal after dinner as my after-dinner snack. Right. Knowing that, like, I've eaten a really healthy breakfast, I've eaten a good lunch, I've eaten a good dinner, and I've kind of checked all the boxes. I've hit my macros for the day. I've hit my calorie total. I've made really good choices, and I feel good about them. If I want to eat that bowl of cereal, it's not a big deal. If I'm going to say, no, I'm not allowing myself to have sugar... Then all of a sudden what happens is I'm back in this cycle that was we described at the beginning where right. like now I'm starting to restrict myself. I'm starting to hold myself back from these cravings that I'm having. And then one day I just like hit a wall and I blow up and I just like completely binge eat an entire box of cinnamon toast crunch. Like what situation is better? It's like right. if you're able to keep it in small doses and know that you can fit, fit it in in a balanced way, you break that need to like totally binge all in one sitting and then feel like bad about it. Right, exactly. So I feel like uh, we ended up kind of doing a whole episode on macro tracking, but that's okay. It's something that like we've definitely always wanted to touch on, and I feel like it's so much a part of creating a more balanced approach to nutrition. It's also not the only thing you can do. It's one approach, and I think something that Ryan and I have found that you know, works really well for us. But that doesn't mean that it's like has to be the only thing that you can do to to create that balanced approach to to nutrition. So macro tracking is like, you know, we're going to move into our strategies now. So like macro tracking is definitely one strategy that you can take, Mm -hmm. but it's not the only one. And I feel like we gave a lot of helpful information on it. So yeah, I don't think we need to touch on it anymore. We'll probably eventually do a whole episode where we like really get into the nitty gritty on on how to do that. If you have questions about that, and you're interested in getting started with it, just email me, um, Ryan at TrueGritStrengths.com, and I'll get you all set up and send you all the information how to get started with that. So we're not going to dig that into anymore. But sometimes like I have clients and they're like, you know what, that sounds way too complicated. Like I need something simple um, and and easy to just try to be more mindful. And usually what I ask people to do is to do a three-day food log. And this can be, I've had clients like do this in Excel spreadsheets. I've had people do it in the notes app of their phone. I've had people literally just like text me every single time they eat something. I've had them send me photos of their food. 
literally there's a million ways that you can track it but the whole point is that you're keeping some kind of log of what you eat for three days right and there's no judgment around this even with yourself so like you don't have to show this to anybody you can send it to me if you want and i'm happy to give you some advice but literally this is just for you to have so you can kind of get a pulse on what you're doing so like let's just say for example you're going to keep track of it in a notebook all right and every single time you eat something you're going to write it down even if it's just like little bites of this little bites of that you're not restricting yourself you're eating like normal you're not being judgmental about like oh i don't want to i'm not going to write this this down because i don't want it it's bad and i don't want to log it no every single thing because again the more data you have the more you can make an educated decision on where you need to go if after that three days you can look at it and say oh, wow, I feel like this is a lot of food or wow, I actually didn't really eat anything today or I felt like I made really unhealthy choices, but actually I'm doing pretty well. Right. You know, or like, you know, in the example that we used of our friend, like if if the the majority of the week, like they ate and actually realized that they made really good food choices, then maybe they can just like let go on this, like this binge that they had and kind of move on from it. Right. right. So again, without that data, we don't have it. So you know, there's a more balanced way or there's other ways besides macro trouting, again, keeping the food log. There's also other apps out there and weight loss and, and nutrition programs that do a really good job of transforming this idea of calorie counting into like points like Weight Watchers uses the right. point system. Noom, which I've heard pros and cons of, um, you know, categorize it, I think from like, what is it like green, red and yeah. yellow or yeah. something like that mm-hmm. in terms of like, again, that's how they're using, uh, how that's how they're measuring the caloric value, meaning red or things that are like heavier or higher in caloric value. Green are things that are, you can eat as many of you them as you want. So again, all the different kinds of systems in terms of how you would start to learn and educate yourself in terms of like the the value of the food choices that you're that you're making so yeah tons of opportunities to learn how to do that um so the second strategy would be to and we've already touched on this as well but like just being more mindful of your food choices so just being bringing awareness to it I think we talk about this a lot on this podcast of just like it doesn't have to be a judgment statement like just be aware like bring awareness to what you're eating, bring awareness to like what you order when you get takeout, bring awareness to what you buy when you're at the grocery store. It doesn't have to be, ugh, I bought all these bad foods or ugh, I'm eating all these bad foods, right? It's just saying I am eating fill in the blank. Just bring awareness to it so that you know and are grounded in what you're actually doing. Right. And again, this is why I think a balanced dieting approach is so much better than a restrictive diet because it actually gives you credit for making good decisions. Right. Right. It's like instead of feeling like, oh, I'm following this diet and I'm restricting myself from X, Y, and Z, but then I'm also beating myself up for, for going quote unquote off plan. When you are, have a more a balanced approach, you can actually focus more on the positive and say, oh, I made really good decisions you know, you know, this many days this week or for this many meals, and I'm actively choosing to eat something that's not, you know, in align with with my goals. And I'm okay, because I recognize I have an active choice in either scenario. And I'm not being controlled by this outside outside circumstances or outside forces. So it allows you to take more ownership over what you're choosing to do, but also give yourself props for doing a good job. Right, right. Yeah. Our last strategy is to, and Ryan and I do this all the time, plan in opportunities for yourself to go 
quote unquote, like go off your plan. Um, and Ryan and I do this all the time. Yeah. I don't like the concept of cheat meals, um, again, because it applies some level of restriction, like, oh, I've got to be perfect and then I can just and now binge I'm cheating. and have a cheat meal. Like again, <laughs> and it's also, again, applying morality to food choices, which I don't like. But again, you know, I still have, you know, meals that I'll plan ahead of time that I know are not stuff that I would normally do. So we can talk about it like that, right? Like outside the norm. I don't normally order Pizza Hut, right? Like that's like a special thing that I do. Right. Um, So that's kind of what we're talking about. Or like we don't normally keep certain types of foods in the house, but like we might do it every now and then as like for a special occasion or whatever. Right. Or like we don't normally you know, get takeout, like Ryan and I cook most of our meals at home. But you know, on like Friday night or Saturday, like we definitely plan in opportunities to get takeout, mostly because we don't want to clean up the dishes. Yeah. And that, there's nothing, <laughs> again, there's nothing wrong with that. But we're planning like I right. usually plan one, maybe two meals a week that I know are not things that I prepped at home, meaning we're going to go out and by going out, I know I'm going to probably choose something that you know, and just simply by eating out at a restaurant, you know that it's probably not going to be prepared as you would prepare it at home. But we're planning that ahead of time. So like if I know that on Friday night we're going to go out to eat or we're going to order pizza or whatever, then I'm going to make sure that like I'm pretty on point most of the days of the week. Again, outside of allowing myself little things here and there because I can fit it into my diet. Right. Um, But, you know, that particular day, um, that Friday, I'm going to make sure I have a really healthy breakfast and I'm going to make sure that I nail lunch and that, you know, I'm I'm snacking a little bit throughout the day so I don't feel like I'm completely starving. Right. And then I'm going to eat the whole pizza to myself. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I could just have a few slices and be satisfied and move on, right? Right. And the last strategy that I'm actually adding in the moment is, like, reframe your thinking. I think it's really easy to be, like, ugh, I ate way off what I wanted to eat, and now I'm just, like, I've ruined everything, right? It's really easy. It's all or nothing principle. Yes. And try to reframe that thinking and focus on, like, Instead of focusing on the things you wish you hadn't done, like let's bring some focus to all the things that you've done that you feel really good about. I think it's really um, easy to go to like, ugh, why did I eat X, Y, and Z? Why not just say, you know what, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I actually like really did so well with my nutrition. Like I'm really proud of myself. Reframe it. Give yourself some credit. You know, nutrition is difficult. It's messy. It's emotional be kind to yourself. I'm, that's always my advice on this podcast is like have some grace and some care for yourself um, and stop, you know, try not to beat yourself up as much. Right. Again, it's like if you feel like you've kind of gone overboard with certain food decisions, you know, the most important thing is that you just get back on track. Like the more time that you spend kind of dwelling in that and then continuing to make those choices, like the worse you're going to feel. Right. Again, we're talking about, you know, the root thing here, consistency you know, if you're consistently eating well, you know, you're allowed those little slip ups. But if you're consistently eating bad, then that's how you're going to feel. Right. And so it's important not to let those binges turn into the norm. Right. right. And so the only way to do that is just to be able to mentally move past it and just start and just like immediately start back again. We order pizza Friday night, Saturday morning, we're back on plan. Right. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like you, you just got to get back on the wagon. Right. Yeah. 
Sorry, this is long. All right, y'all. Yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Uh, There's just so much to talk about. There really is so much to talk about. With I know nutrition. we didn't touch on so many things, and again, this is such a like, it's such a big topic. Right. We tried to keep a big picture broad and not get too specific, um, because again, nutrition is just so nuanced, so specific to the person, the environment. There are so many factors to consider. Um, but I hope that this was helpful and brought. Uh, maybe ups, brought up some things for you that maybe like resonated with you that you felt were useful or that are maybe giving you a little pause or something more to to consider as you move into your week. Yep. If you have any questions about anything we talked about today, feel free to email me. Yep. Ryan at True Good Strength. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, y'all. Have a great week. Bye.